Anyone's Game podcast. Following women's football. Hello and welcome to a bonus episode of the Anyone's Game podcast. We're here to look back on a massive weekend of action in the SWPL1 and preview the midweek round of fixtures. I'm Peter Quinn and joining me today is my fellow Anyone's Game pundit, Robbie Hanratty. How's it going, Robbie? Yeah, not too bad, Peter. Yourself? Aye, not too bad at all, mate. Okay, so you were present for arguably the, the biggest surprise of the week as Hibs held leaders Glasgow City to a 0-0 draw. Uh, what were your thoughts on that one? Was it a case of Hibs' game plan working out well for them? Yeah, definitely. Yeah, I was at the game at Broadwood and first of all, it's great to mention how there was fans in attendance. It's just been so long since we've seen fans in the stadium and I've never been so happy to hear fans clap and cheer the names being read out on the team sheets over the tannoy before the game. It was a really good sign of some normality again. And yeah, I think Hibs really did execute the game plan. Dean Gibson was really pleased with that. He said his team defended well. And also, they did look threatening on the attack when they needed to as well. But I think it's a long time coming for Hibs because I've watched them quite a few times this season and they have played some good football and spells and we've got players that can do that. And they epitomised this on Sunday, the fact that Colette Kavanagh, who is an attacking player, was putting in some shift, defending, winning the ball back and then trying to start attacks. And then the defenders, Joelle Murray, she just stopped any attacks for Glasgow City. And then Emily Much made some great saves. So really, Dean Gibson is right in saying that he was pleased with his game plan because there was nothing really you could fault other than that crucial goal. Oh, definitely. Do you feel that it casts a bit more doubt over Glasgow City's title bid now? Or is it too late for Celtic Rangers to call it back? You think with three games to go, the three points clear, you think it would be too late. But I've watched Glasgow City against Motherwell on Wednesday and they was below par and then watched them again against Hibs. And I wouldn't say Glasgow City against Hibs were terrible, but as I mentioned, Hibs just didn't give Pinsilla Chinchilla or Ode Fulatadulu any space to do what they've been doing in recent weeks by creating chances and scoring. All the chances that Glasgow City did have were outside the box or half chances and that epitomised that when Maid Fulton took a corner and it went straight out of play so just kind of lacking that clinical edge that they've had so they'll need to up their performances and really get back to on some sort of form. I know they haven't lost in a while but they need to get over that finish line because Celtic and Rangers, you've got to say them as well, will still be peeping down their necks if they are going to slip up in any games before now in the end of the season. Yeah, I agree with that. And back to Hibs again, Dean Gibson said that they're building for next season. So how big a statement is a result like this, that they're kind of ready to compete with the big guns again? Yeah, I definitely think Hibs are ready to compete with the big guns. Obviously, they've been kind of second fiddle to Glasgow City, through Glasgow City's 13 in a row. But they've won Scottish Cups along the way. And I think Hibs, they do put a lot of investment, as Dean Gibson told me after the match, into the women's setup already. I think if they can keep a hold of their players that they've got, they've got some really good players there. I think they will be able to challenge that top three next season because he has mentioned for a while that the gap between them and the top three is quite a lot. So he's not too worried about getting fourth. Obviously, you want to win as much games as you can. But for next season, if they can keep a hold of that players and maybe invest in a few more quality players, they can do well next season for sure. I definitely be really interesting to see. And moving on, uh, in the big Glasgow derby near the top of the table, Celtic defeated Rangers by two goals to one. Did anyone particularly impress you there, Robbie? I think Celtic, that's three wins out of three against Rangers this season. And we spoke so highly of the Rangers front three, Ness, Hay and Lizzie Arnott. 
since the season restarted again. And Celtic just have a knack of keeping them free from scoring. Like, Chloe Warrington did make a great block to deny Lizzie Leonard. I guess Bogan Hay had a half chance as well. But really, them three players who have been so crucial to Rangers' success didn't show up to an extent because if they were going to show up, Rangers would have won the match and be a step closer to that title. But individual players, I just think the team performance from Celtic was really well. And that's 10 games unbeaten for Celtic and Fran Alonso now. And you can just see the passion on the touchline and in interviews of Fran Alonso. I'm really pleased for them how well it's going. And I think a crucial point in that match was Jennifer made a save to deny Mariah Lee, a great save. And then I guess Celtic's heads could have went down for that save. But then a few minutes later, they take the lead and that gave them something to build from because taking the lead in the match like that, it's always going to be a tight affair, I'd say. Rachel McLaughlin's equaliser six minutes later. Chloe Logan, the Celtic goalkeeper, maybe could have done a bit better. But then again, seven minutes from time, Sarah Ewins scores yet another goal and puts Celtic closer to Glasgow City. Sarah Ewins is another one who I've spoken highly of this season and she's scoring the goals for Celtic on a regular basis these days. And Anna Philby, who's on loan from Tottenham, who... Celtic fans love to call the assist queen. She got another assist, so she's also continuing a great form for the side. Yeah, uh, and as you mentioned there, the the Rangers kind of front three have been you know scoring goals, setting up goals for fun, uh, but they seem they do seem to struggle every time they meet Celtic. What what do you think that can be attributed to? Is it Celtic's defence playing particularly well, or do you feel that that maybe the occasion sometimes gets to them? The game against Glasgow City as well, just a few weeks ago, the exact same problem occurred. There was really it was really quiet, I'd say. It was just half chances. A few good saves. Don't get me wrong, Lee Alexander did have a great game. But I think that there's something, there's a big game occasion thing. I mentioned this on Twitter the other day. It's something about the big occasion Rangers need to work on as a team. It might be a stumbling block. Yeah, people will go back to before Christmas, they defeated Glasgow City 5-0. But other than that, especially the results against Celtic, it's just not been good enough for a team like Rangers. We have invested a lot of money into the team and have got a lot of great talent because don't get me wrong, Lizzie Arnott's one of the top goal scorers in the league and has produced on several occasions this season with goals and assists. But yeah, just maybe against Celtic, it's just not happening for them. Yeah, and finally on that game, obviously massive, massive fixture. How disappointed will Michael Thompson be to concede two fairly straightforward goals from crossing the box from set pieces? When you're not clearing your lines at set pieces or not marking properly and things like that, and just not doing the basics right, it must just be frustrating for a manager, and especially in a game of that magnitude, where Rangers still would have been thinking if they had won that game, they could capitalise on. Obviously, the game was before Glasgow Cities, but if they'd won that, they could have capitalised, because they were at that point a point ahead of Celtic, but losing that with such cheap goals, Malcolm Thompson won't have been pleased at all, I wouldn't have thought. Yeah, I'd agree with that, especially with how, how straightforward the headers were and the space that they got in the box. Uh, I, would, I would definitely agree with that. And now we'll move on. Spartans comfortably saw a 4-15-0 on Sunday with Becky Galbraith getting on the score sheet once again. Teams just don't seem to be able to keep her out of action at the moment, do they, Peter? Absolutely not. Obviously, she was a Player of the Month nominee for last month uh, and it was well-deserved that she was she was included in that. And she gets really important goals for them. Uh, scores in a variety of ways, uh, kind of makes fantastic runs, their link-up plays good. And it's just such a great outlet for a team who, you know, a lot of the time will kind of, they pride themselves on their defence. David Phillips said this quite, uh, quite often. And then uh, Becky Lobrace is just such a great, a great outball for them going forwards. Never gives defenders a moment's peace. 
uh, and she must be absolutely horrible to play against if you're a centre back because she, you know, she's always there, she's always working, trying to close you down, running in behind, uh, everything. She's doing a, a great job for the moment, and I'm sure Demi McCall will be delighted with the, the, way that, the way that she's going. Yeah, 100%. You just wonder if there'll be any other clubs looking in at Galbraith's form this season. The fact that she is doing, keeping up that goal record at a team like Spartans, who are not at the top of the table and getting the goals. So that's definitely got to be interesting to see. Yeah, I'd imagine so. Um, she's, a, she's a very good player, one of the better better strikers in the league I think it would be tough on Spartans if they, they were to lose her because she does have such a massive influence on their style of play as well as just with her goals and meanwhile that's Forfer now slipped down to 7th in the table it's just not happening for them at the moment is it is this a worry now that the form in 2021 might have an impact on the preparations for next season I mean, there is a slight worry. I think they'll they'll take a bit of comfort in the fact that obviously there's no no relegation this year, so they can you know if needs be write it off and then start all over again. They have you know obviously as I said it's a, a really tough run of results. They must be low in conference. There's no momentum. You know, like kind of we were talking about uh, Hibs preparing for next season. For, for there, there's no momentum there. The players there must be a bit of a lack of confidence as well. So all it'll take is, is maybe a game or two just for things to go right for them. A couple of good performances, close results, and, and it'll give them something to build on for next year. But at the moment, it is looking pretty bleak for them. Yeah, I, I would have to agree. They started the season so well, but things just since that restart, other than a draw and a close game against Hearts, it's just not been on the right end of any good score lines. But Going back to Spartans, we've mentioned how good Becky Galbraith has been up front and praised the Spartans' defence a lot throughout the season. But do you feel, having watched Spartans a lot this season, that the midfield can go slightly unnoticed? Yeah, I would say that. Um, again, I'll say myself, I've praised the defence and also Becky Galbraith up front uh, for, for their performances in a lot of the games this year. But in that midfield, you'll notice at the moment, Michaela McAloney, Kat Smart, both chipping in with goals and assists. And Alana Marshall just controls everything there for them. The amount of passes that she's played played forward for, for goals this year, she found uh, Louise Mason uh, this week, I believe, with a really good pass forward for the, their third goal. Her set-piece delivery uh, when, when she's taken them is absolutely excellent as well. And her leadership in the middle of the park, uh, you know, she does a great, great job for that side. So, again, it's positive signs at Spartans, the fact that they've got such such strong players right throughout the team. Um, these are players who each bring something different to that midfield as well. So, it's a, it's a really strong-looking squad, uh, and they'll be hoping to to keep the players they've got and then hopefully build on that for next season. Yeah, definitely, Peter. Especially with Spartans announcing they're planning on going semi-professional for next season. I'm really excited for Spartans, but just for the whole league next season, I think it's going to be... Every team's going to be forced to improve and get better yeah definitely I think um, that you know obviously we've seen that the top three have been um, a fair bit ahead of the rest of the pack this season I, I would say that you know Rangers and Celtic have made massive massive improvements going into this season and and again that but even below that we have teams who have real positive signs you know Hibs and Spartans uh, are, are looking like very competitive teams competing well with the, some of the top sides and then even over the season, Hearts and Motherwell particularly uh, have improved really well in the last kind of five or six games um, and are both you know, getting some positive results. So it will be really interesting to see next season. Uh, I'm quite excited to, to see what happens. I agree. And finally, from Sunday's action, Motherwell beat Hearts 1-0 at the Orion in the game that you covered, Peter. With Motherwell now up into sixth place, do you think that's a fair reflection of their efforts and improvements this season? I would say so. Uh, I've seen them a couple of times now. There was one game against um, Spartans where I thought they competed really well. 
uh, and were maybe unlucky not to get more from the game. Uh, also, this game against Hearts, it was a really hard-fought affair. But yeah, they you know they, they, they took their chance when, when they got it from the penalty spot. Uh, and it's they have made made real improvements on, under Stuart Hall, I feel. Defensively, they're much more solid-looking than they were um, kind of at the, at the restart to the season. Obviously, the, kind of one of the big noticeable games was against Glasgow City, where they conceded eight goals, I think. Um, yeah, five corners, I think, or set pieces. Yeah, and that was a, a really tough one for them. But again, even in this match, Hearts had a lot of set-piece deliveries into the box. Um, and while I agree with Stuart Hall that he, aside, they weren't completely convincing in how they dealt with them, but they, they kept Hearts out and they kept a clean sheet, whereas you know maybe six, seven weeks ago, that might not have been the case. So definite signs of improvement for them. And I would say that their sixth place is, is well-deserved if they can manage to hold on to that. Yeah, I definitely agree. After seeing... Motherwell against Rangers and then watching them against Glasgow City against two of the bigger sides, especially the Glasgow City game last week, conceding, they kept on going at it and they also defended the lines really well. So I, I think Stuart Hall has done a great job and I think it's he's very unlucky, as we spoke to him on the previous podcast, unlucky not to get the job on a permanent basis. But I do feel he will have a bright future in coaching and managing around the Scottish Women's Premier League. But... Let's go to the goal itself. It was a penalty. Do you think that was a fair decision? I would say so, yeah. Uh, it was a, a free kick from Chelsea Watson that kind of bounced around the area. Hearts didn't manage to get it clear. And then as Holly Aitchison tried to you know, kind of bring her leg up to, to clear the ball, Jade Gallon just got there first. Uh, she brought her down and I think a, a clear penalty. There weren't too many complaints at the time. One interesting point, there was a, a flash point where there might have been a red card for... For Rosie Slater, she got a yellow in the end for a tackle on Claire Delworth. Tensions rose a wee bit at that point, I would say. But uh, other than that, it was, a, it was a really good game. Like I said, it was hard fought, but not too many chances created. But like I said, it was, it was enough to, to, to keep keep you interested in a, a really, really close game. Uh, and Hearts, they had to come close towards the end, uh, put some pressure on. But yeah, Mother will be absolutely delighted with the three points. Yeah, it did, it did look a fairly even game. And obviously, with Forfer's form being pretty poor, is now... It's four points between Hearts at the bottom and Forfer. Do you think it's too much for Hearts? The performances have improved in recent weeks. It's too much with three games to go to get off bottom place? I would imagine so, yes. Uh, I think that their, their performances are really improving. They were uh, real competitive against Celtic um, a couple of games ago. But I don't see them, at the moment, picking up points in those matches, uh, which also they would need to get off the bottom of the table. I think that there's, there's going to be some real confidence there. They've got plenty uh, plenty of positives that they can take from the, the second half of the season and stuff that they can build on. Uh, I would be very, very surprised if they managed to pick up those points to get off the bottom at, at the moment. I think the, the best chances of that would have been if they'd, they'd won this week, obviously. It was a, a massive game and they were unlucky to come out on the losing side. But um, as I say, great positives for them to take forward uh, looking towards next season. So now we will move on to just briefly preview the midweek action. First of all, it's Fourth for Farmington, who hosts Rangers. Will Rangers take the big game frustration out on Kevin McGreskin's side, Peter? Well, obviously, we know that it was quite a, a heavy defeat for Fourth for Farmington the last time the two sides met. So I think that they will be determined to put that right. Although, as you say, Rangers kind of have, have slipped back a wee bit from the you know what was a, a clear title race uh, at one point. So they've got a lot to prove as well. I would imagine, you know, that, that maybe Forfar compete really well for the first half, and then if if Rangers kind of get a couple of goals, it could get slightly messy after that. But 
as I say, Forfar will be going into that game hoping to to really compete and and get themselves a, a result that's a, a kind of a far better reflection of what they want to see from themselves than they they provided last time against Rangers. Yeah, definitely. I would I'd have to agree with that. They'll be wanting to put past wrongs right in a way, and then move it on, which probably stand up tie of Wednesday night. Hibs play Celtic, and I guess both sides will be going into the game confident after the weekend's results, especially Celtic, three points off Glasgow City, and then Hibs, they're still in that battle with Spartans for fourth place, really, with two points separating them. Yeah, uh, I definitely think it's going to be an interesting one. It'll be really good to see whether Hibs can manage to repeat their efforts uh, from the weekend against Glasgow City against another strong opposition, and then maybe even you know come away with three points this time. As you say, they, they came close to it at the weekend there. I think that Celtic's momentum at the moment will, will still make them you know, very much favourites going into the game. But it'll be a good close one. Um, really looking forward to it. And then we've got Motherwell v Spartans. We've touched on Motherwell. We've touched on both teams really already. But any major thoughts for that game? Again, I, I, that's another one that if you'd maybe said to me uh, at the restart uh, that, that that was one of the games, I, I wouldn't have thought as much of it as I, as I do now. Uh, I think that both teams are, are looking particularly strong. Spartans are starting to score some more goals than they were uh, in the, the first half of the season. And Motherwell obviously looking a lot more solid defensively than they were before. So, uh, again, another one that's going to going to prove really interesting, even if there's not massive amounts to, to play for in terms of the table at the moment. I, I think it'll be very interesting to see how it goes. Yeah, for sure. And finally, copper table, Glasgow City, we spoke about them, how the performances have maybe dipped in the last few games. They've had two draws at the last five games, but... <laughs> playing against bottom of the league Hearts, surely no one slip up against them. Uh, again, like like I said before, I'd be very surprised if Hearts were able to take in from that game. It'll be it'll be tough for them because I think they'll be they were really hurt by the fact that they didn't manage to to get something out of the game on Sunday. Uh, so to manage to lift themselves back up for this this game against Glasgow City will not be easy for them. I think this one might might not go as well for Hearts as ones have in recent weeks, but. Hopefully they can, you know, they can manage to, to compete and lift themselves back up and make it a make it a good game. Definitely, Scott Boo, but as I said to you, often he wasn't too pleased with some of his attacking play and how wasteful they were. So you think Glasgow City have had all season? They've got such a big squad and made a lot of rotation, but I think for these final three games, Boo maybe will need to settle on what his best side is, who's going to get him the points and the good performance to see them through to a fourteenth title. Just before we wrap up, it'll be interesting to see what will happen with the proposed return of the SWPL2. Obviously, as the SWPL1 is drawn to a close, there's only three games left. The SWPL2 is supposed to be returning on the 6th of June, but there's a lot of talk that with Glasgow remaining in a higher tier than the rest of the country, that this might not happen. What's your thoughts on this? It's an interesting one. I think it's a, a similar story with sport right across the country. At the moment, it's difficult to make plans when you're not sure kind of what what level different areas are going to be in, different teams are going to be uh, in. I think um, it, it will be difficult to you know to, to organise alternative structures for the season if that's required. So even potentially, I'd imagine even if there has to be a slight delay to to the resumption, then that would be that would be one thing. I think restructuring it entirely would be really really tough to organise. So, yeah, it'll be interesting to see how it goes. I think everyone's just really looking forward to the, the restart and hopefully we can manage to, to all find a way that it'll, it'll work out and get everyone back playing again as soon as possible. Yeah, for sure. It'll be great just to get to even 
more grounds throughout Scotland and see some more action in SWPL too. But that's all for now on this edition of the Anyone's Game podcast. Thanks for your company today, Peter, and hope everyone tuning in enjoyed. And we'll be back with another edition, hopefully at the end of the week.